Hey, Let's Talk Parks. It is Marissa Moravic. And for those of you who follow our Instagram page, you may have noticed earlier this week in our stories that I gave a little bit of a teaser about this week's episode. Um, I actually wasn't sure if we were going to air it this week, but we are. So here we are. I had the pleasure of sitting down with three amazing women from the Women in Leisure Services Organization, and there are actually very, very many more amazing women in this organization, and I wish I could sit down and and interview them all, and maybe at some point I will, but they are an excellent organization. Over the last three or four years that I've been involved, I really feel that I've benefited. I've grown as a professional and I've found some really great friendship in this organization, women who have had my back um, and who have really been there for me. So I sat down with Ashley Waisaki, Sonia Young Jimenez, and Dorothy Meyer from Women and Leisure Services. All are at different points in their career. Um, Dorothy's even retired. So it was really cool to sit down and talk to them about the history of Women and Leisure Services and where it's going. So I was really fortunate over this winter to work with this group um, for their blueprint for the next 15 years to kind of decide on the direction of Wills and what they plan to do. So it was really cool to sit down with this organization, kind of map out what the future looks like, but also get some history about the organization. So I'll give you guys a little bit of a history right now. Kai Kappa Row was created from the mind of one woman with a great idea. She believed that women engaged professionally in the various fields of recreation could come together to promote unity of purpose, high standards of achievement, and a better understanding and appreciation of related endeavors for the attainment of professional goals. Such a group could also provide an opportunity to foster friendship and sociability, stimulate mutual helpfulness and loyalty, and provide professional services. In 1935, Helen I. Pontius shared her idea with several women at a Los Angeles Playgrounds Department Recreation Directors Meeting. In 1936, Alpha, the first Los Angeles chapter, was chartered and Kai Kappa Rho became a reality. The organization grew slowly with California between 1935 and 1967. The first national board was established in 1964, and in 1975, the organization became a California nonprofit corporation. In 1991, the membership voted to officially change the name of the organization from Kai Kappa Rho to Women in Leisure Services, Kai Kappa Rho Inc. In this 21st century, Wills continues to evolve, always looking for new ways to support and develop leaders in our field. And I could not agree more with every single word of that description. So go ahead, take a listen. I think you will be pleasantly surprised. Um, Really fun episode, really great ladies, and lots to learn. Thanks, Let's Talk Parks. I am so honored to have the Women in Leisure Services leaders here with us today on Let's Talk Parks. It is an organization that I've been involved with since I believe about 2016, 2017, maybe later than that. Um, The CHI chapter of Women in Leisure Services is pretty brand new, but it's something that I feel that many more states need to be involved in. So I felt that this episode was really important to get out to all of the ladies in our field um, as to what we're doing and why we're here. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce Sonia, 
Ashley and Dorothy, um, or have them introduce themselves. So let's go ahead and start with Sonia. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, what your current role is in the field of parks and recreation, and which chapter you represent. Yeah, hi, Marissa. Yeah, my name is Sonia Young-Jimenez, and I uh, have been with the Department of Recreation and Parks for the city of Los Angeles for the last 20 I think I'm going on 23 years now. Um, 17 of those years I was in recreation. The last five I've been doing emergency management and now I'm back to recreation. So now I just got promoted to be the new acting superintendent over the West and Venice area. Um, so yeah, I've been uh, with with Kai Cavarro since the beginning. I think I started off as a coordinator and my director was like, I'm, I'm signing you up, you're in Kai Cavarro. So in 2000, I believe too, I started in Kai Cavarro. Um, and have been held in many positions throughout. And right now I'm the current president of the Alpha chapter. Awesome. All right, Ashley, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Right. Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley Wysocki, and I have been in the field of recreation um, professionally since I was 18 years old. So it's really the only job I've ever held. And currently, um, as of today, I am the community services manager for the city of Huntington Beach, but as of Saturday, I will be the deputy director for the city of Huntington Beach. So mm -hmm. I guess in a little bit of a way, I'm making my public announcement right now about my new exciting gig. Um, and then I'm from the Alpha chapter, uh, or no, I am actually from the Gamma chapter and then currently serving as the national president for women in leisure services. So um, my current role um, as a manager, I oversee all of the programs and services for the city of Huntington Beach. So I'm basically responsible for all of the park spaces outside of the actual beach um, and then marketing. And I've got, obviously we all have COVID under our belt working with vaccination clinics. Um, and what my new role as a deputy director will be is still to be determined because nobody actually serves in that role. So it's a brand new position. <laughs> So my first year, and I've been with Huntington for about a year now, and so um, my first year in Huntington revolved around COVID, and now I like to say that I'm a new employee to the city of Huntington all over again because everything is opening up, and that is super exciting. So new role, new everything. So Congratulations, Ashley. How exciting is that? All right, and then Dorothy, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay, my name is Dorothy Meyer, and my professional career started way back when and I retired in 1996 actually end of 1995 from Culver City Recreation as supervisor I also worked with other agencies like the YWCA and uh, the reason why I got into recreation because my father was in recreation he was George Jelty who was general manager of recreation and parks for LA City Recreation for 32 years he actually developed the department and that's why I stayed in recreation a little bit of influence there so then I retired and I think I continue to stay very active with Kai Caparo because I needed uh, the networking and the ladies that are coming up, the youngsters through the ranks of recreation and need to be part of the professional group and the wonderful group and especially being led by Sonia. I tell you, we have developed a much improved, bigger and better chapter as we continue with her leadership and I'm very proud of her for that. So. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you, Dorothy. And you sound like you have a really awesome history um, with the field of parks and recreation. And while we're on the history of parks and recreation, why don't you give us a little bit of a history about wills or women in leisure services mm -hmm. for those of you who aren't with hip with the lingo yet wills. Um, when was it started and why? Okay. Now, actually, 
Kaikap Rowe, as I was known in the early days, was started by a woman named Helen Iponius, who I'm sure you've heard of, who are a once a year award is named after, and I was very fortunate to have that award several years ago. She liked the idea of creating a sorority. Uh, that time it was called a sorority. And so she wanted to get the women in recreation and parks to be part of a system who would be uh, have a networking system and work together. And so she founded it herself, started in 1935 with, 19, with, with LA City Recreation. And they called it then Playgrounds Department because LA City Recreation and Parks was not the combined efforts of Parks and Recreation until 1947 when LA City had a bond issue. And then Playgrounds and Parks became one general, uh, general program Department of Recreation and Parks. And remember, Recreation and Parks is LA City. Parks and Recreation is LA County. So we do not want to get those confused. So anyway, so Maxine uh, McSweeney, now she married my father later, Maxine McSweeney Jelty. She was the director of LA Recreation at the time, and she met Helen Iponius, and they just met together at a breakfast meeting to talk about the so-called coming sorority. Why don't we have a a uh, group that have women who can belong to something as professionals. So they met and had many meetings to discuss the idea. Actually, Helen Iponius at the time could hardly walk. She had been in an auto accident and she's got quite a history, but uh, she did recover and they got together and had more meetings to discuss the idea. Of course, you probably know the objectives, of course, of the Kai Kappa role at the time would be provide a forum for women in leisure services uh, exchange ideas, enrich professional skills, develop training programs for professional growth and pers personal development, provide support system for recreation and advancement of, of people and the organization and to foster friendships. That's a big thing, I think. Friendships, self-enrichment and networking of professional assistants. Because if you remember, as a members, we are all involved in so many activities throughout the years, whether they're social events, speakers, uh, special holiday events and so forth, that has really enriched people. That has kept me going in the group because there's so many activities to go back and see people and see how they're growing. Now, Kai Kaparo, as you know, uh, means, of course, XKP means character, knowledge, and recreation. And that's the symbols we've always used. Of course, you know, later we became women's and leisure services. <clears throat> but when Helen and when Maxine, who became my stepmother, because uh, my dad married her, yeah, that's another long, long romantic story. Anyway, she, so she was really the founder of Kai Kaparo Alpha Chapter when she met with Helen. She says, okay, I'll help start, uh, start the chapter in Los Angeles. And of course, became most part of the Los Angeles Recreation Department at that time. And so they had meetings with various important people in the community. And so some of them were, one lady was named Cornelia Stevenson. She was executive director of Campfire Girls way back when. Another one was Alma Wilson. She was a pioneer of the recreation movement even before 1920. She was supervisor of camps for LA recreation. Then you had Margaret Schull, another pioneer of the movement. She had been a professional of the recreation as long as Alma. She was director of, get this, Barnesdale Park, Sonia. Uh, and so 
As you know, Barnesville Park is now a big historical uh, center. Then there was another lady named Mary Weir, W-I-E-R, and she was the very funniest, merriest part of the group. Uh, so she was director of recreation at Children's Orthopedic Hospital. So see, I think kind of myself, that might be the beginning of including other people from other than the city departments and county departments where eventually we did get people from other cities and, and uh, private organizations and uh, I guess colleges and, and, and then the hospital group. And then the other very famous lady as far as LA City called is Manette Spector. Now, Manette Spector in LA City Recreation was a partner with Maxine at the time because they were both supervisors of women and, and children's activities. Uh, Maxine was cultural director and children's stories and drama programs. And Manette was regular uh, women's activities and, and uh, she, she was a very interesting woman, very, very what you want to say, uh, sincere and severe kind of. But she was dedicated. They all had a good time. And then, in fact, when Maxine decided we were going to have breakfast meetings or we were going to have lunch meetings, we had many. I guess they had many. Maxine says, why don't we have cocktails at one of our lunches? And Manette says, no, you can't do that. So they were all disappointed. In that. That's just a side story. Okay. So <laughs> once they got everything going, of course, you know the history now that actually, so then Alpha Chapter was actually begun in 1936, okay? And Maxine lived to be 100. Uh, I went to her 100th birthday when she lived in, uh, I don't remember, oh, Grass Valley. And she was very active up until then. She was part of our programs a lot way back when. She would give speeches and did donations and... Uh, was very influential in our women's group. But the main thing is we started in 1936. We got Alpha chapter. Eventually, you know what other chapters we had. And I'm always very proud of Maxine when she when we talk about it because she's the one that had the vision with Helen Iponius, who really was the co was really the founder, but Maxine was the co-founder really of LA Alpha Chapter. Okay. Um, that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, I didn't realize it was that extent. I mean, because here we're kind of a baby chapter. We're brand new. Yeah. So we haven't really dove into the history of Wills yet. And actually, one of the reasons that prompted me to want to record this episode is because during another Wills meeting that I was at, um, we kind of talked about how some men view this organization. I've been approached many times when I've said that I need to go to a meeting or a social and they say, well, why are there, why isn't there a men in leisure services organization or why isn't there something for men? And um, that's when the history of wills came up. It was that women were having a really hard time working their way up in the field of parks and recreation. And this was an organization that helped give them the tools to move up and have supervisor positions and director positions. Well, may I say that there was a men's organization uh, called the Pi Sigma Epsilon. Was that it? Uh, yeah, that's men, it. Yeah, that was it. Their own fraternity, so to speak. And they lasted until, uh, oh, many years. But they, they, they discontinued, I imagine, at least 20, 30 years ago. My boss was Sid Cronenthal, Culver City Recreation, who was quite a gentleman and wonderful, famous 
director of parks and recreation in Culver City, and he was a boy, he belonged to that, and they used to talk about, then they said, well, they had to fold. And then I think, Sonia, that's when maybe they said men should be allowed to join Kaikapro or they have to change Right, it. or now we have friends of. Yeah, yeah friends yeah. of, yeah, <laughs> that's right, exactly, yeah. So okay. Sonia, while we've got your attention, um, why is Will so still so important 86 years later? Obviously we've made so much progress over the last 86 years, but why is it still so relevant? Yeah, I think a lot of what Dorothy said, um, I was just thinking about like 86 years later and why we're still, we're still pushing. And I think Dorothy mentioned in the beginning, uh, Alpha Chapter is kind of going through like a revitalization. We, you know, a lot of people, retired or left or wanted to get off the board. Of course, it's a volunteer position. So it's hard to keep, you know, the board going and activities going on top of your everyday work. And all of us are tasked with so much more on our plates. So um, we went for a little hiatus for a little while and then we came back strong. Um, and for me, I feel like we really need to empower one another. We need to be there for one another. And it's not the same as it was when we first started, um, you know, Alpha or Kai Caparo, you know, we don't have the same difficulty for us. And at least LA City, we have a lot of women who've gone through the ranks and are now, you know, holding really high positions, which is really nice. Um, but I think the networking and for us in Alpha, LA City is so huge. We have so many hundreds of parks. You may not know someone on the other end of the town because um, you never leave that side or you don't, you know, you don't interact with them. And through Kai Caparo, we've been able to have people get to know each other, create friendships, network, um, do a lot of professional development. And we haven't limited to women. We've actually opened it up to our department. A lot of our um, recent, we've had this thing called XKP talks. We're kind of like stealing mm -hmm. TED talks, but we were kind of doing the like XKP talks. And we did them every two weeks during COVID. Um, and we did a series of like 12, it was intense. And we just thought that people needed something. They were home, we weren't um, doing our normal job. We needed something to you know, to have people come together and, and be able to interact and do some kind of an interaction. So we opened it up to the whole department. We had men, women, we had anybody attend who wanted to. And I, I feel like it's really needed. I think um, sometimes any job, you know, doesn't needs a little help in the training aspect or personal professional development or networking part. And especially with organizations like ours, we're just really big. Um, we're not a small little city. We're a huge city with, you know, thousands of employees. So trying to reach everybody, I feel like this is one way that we can do that. Let me ask a question. Uh, most, of, most all of you, as far as support from your directors and your general managers or whoever your boss is, what is your support for your organization, your local community and your chapter? Because I know we have gone through in LA very difficult times of getting support uh, from the general managers or immediate bosses to do certain things, especially to attend meetings. And I know we went through quite a few years of, oh, we can't do this at noon, we can't do this at this time because the boss won't let us go. Now, I know in my city, Culver City, I was lucky because we weren't that big, but then my boss was very supportive of, oh, anytime you want to go, you go. But I know Sonia that we've you had times where the city department or general manager wouldn't want you to go, okay? Because it was in your you know time of off. They didn't want to give you time off in, in as far as your job is concerned. So what do the others say? Uh, how you ladies are allowed to take care or take part in the programs? Ashley, do you want to touch on that a little bit, and then maybe I'll chime in? 
Sure. So I am very fortunate to have always worked with very supportive um, directors and supervisors. Um, I think I know that they all see the value in making connections with people outside of our immediate agency, because inevitably when there is something that comes up, you have a trusted resource in another agency um, that you can go to and ask for advice or, you know, recreation, we all share our ideas. It's, it's an industry where sharing truly is caring. And if somebody has a prototype of an, a successful event or program, and you've made that connection with somebody next door in another city, you can call them and they're going to gladly hand over that information. So um, my, my superiors have always seen the value in um, these organizations. And I'd like to say it's a testament to why so many of us are so successful because sometimes you can't talk to the people in your own agency about what's going on and you can't go home and talk to your boyfriends and husbands about what's going on because our profession is so unique. But I know I can pick up the phone or and say, let's go to happy hour. I need to vent with somebody in a neighboring city um, who I was just at happy hour last night with somebody from Wills, you know? So it's definitely a huge support system. Um, and it's obviously a balance also. I, I couldn't take on all of these leadership positions and let my job fail. So I know at the end of the day, when I am taking on these extra roles that are not part of my job description, I'm going to be doing things after hours like I am right mm -hmm. now. Um, you know, And so it is a balance, but I, I always encourage people to take that next step and get involved um, because you get so much out of it and you grow outside of your comfort zone. <clears throat> And every time we're uncomfortable, that's when that growth happens. So I'm always so encouraging to my team to, to get involved also and take on that one extra something um, because it makes you grow. It gets you to know somebody else and it helps you progress. And it also gives back to the organization, which is really what this is all about. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. I feel like I've had a very different experience. Um, so Wills is pretty new here, but um, when I joined Wills, I was at an organization that was not necessarily supportive of it. They allowed me to go. They did tell me that I needed to pay my dues on my own, that that wouldn't be something that the district would be paying for. Um, so they did support me going to meetings. Um, but I think that that agency trusted me and knew that I was going and participating when I knew that my workload wasn't more than I could handle. Like Ashley was just saying, you know, making sure that my work work was getting done. Um, and then unfortunately I was at an organization after that, that flat out told me that they did not support my involvement and that I needed to leave wills. Um, and if I chose not to leave wills, that I had to start taking vacation time or PTO if I wanted to attend meetings. So, and we are very conscious of that at our chapter that we make sure that our social events are in the evening. Um, they are off hours, they, you know, that kind of thing, but that are educational programs or our networking events are, yes, during the workday, they might be a quick lunch thing. Um, we've been really fortunate, I guess, during the pandemic that we've been able to do a lot of our networking on Zoom. But unfortunately, I was at an agency that did not see the value in wills. Um, and needless to say, I was not at that organization very long. So um, I am at an organization now when I got to Mundelein, our executive director was a member of Wills. So I was very fortunate to have a very strong head of our district as a part of Wills and she encouraged it. She totally supported it. She still, she retired about a year ago and she still comes to our social events on Zoom and participates. So 
I'm, I've been at both, but, um, yeah, I'm, it's unfortunate that some people don't see the value in it. I'm really lucky to be at an organization now that does value it. And maybe it's because we are such a baby chapter, um, that the men in our area aren't quite used to it yet. Um, and I hate to single out the men, but I really haven't met a woman yet in our field who has said, nope, don't be a part of Wills. Um, you can't go to those meetings. So it's, it's on you guys like, okay, boys get with the times. Um, so, um, kind of going back to Ashley, um, I recently had been involved in the blueprint committee, which was to help develop the next 15 to 20 years of wills. So Ashley, do you want to tell us what the next 15 to 20 years of wills looks like? Uh, well, my crystal ball says that we're going to be successful in every state in the country. So, <laughs> Um, but you're right. We, when I stepped into this presidency, um, I looked in and really tried to figure out what is it that this organization needs. And we are very fortunate to have somebody on our board who is a consultant and is so visionary and data-driven and has offered up her um, expertise to build a strategic blueprint um, in the city world. We could call it a master plan, um, but for the organization. And so we have for basically the last nine or so months been developing, um, working with the membership, developing working groups, having all kinds of question and answer sessions, um, surveys, and collecting all of this information so that we could really find out what is it now that the members are looking for? What is it that we're missing? And how do we set ourselves up to have some sort of map to get us to that 100th year? Because I think it is, this organization has been around for so long and I think it's been around for so long because it's remained flexible, but I almost think COVID has been a blessing in disguise for us because we are a national organization, but we haven't necessarily been functioning as such. We've been very siloed within our chapters and the very nature of us talking with each other on Zoom today shows that we can be so connected, but be in completely different geographical areas. And so it's a testament to the work and commitment of the ladies in this organization to have invested as much time as they have. Um, because we, and I can't really unveil too much because it's not approved yet, but I do have a fancy little one sheet that talks about um, proposed new purpose statements, a new vision for us, which I absolutely love the proposed new vision statement, but really looking at, you know, how do we, how do we remain relevant? What are those things that we need to do? Um, what, it, what do our members look for as far as value and how do we make sure we continue to, to um, be value, be a value to our members so that then the, maybe the men in, in the recreation role can say, women in leisure services, that is a household name. That is something that we are familiar with. And we believe that every woman in our organization should be involved. Um, how do we position each of our chapters for success? We've always been chapter driven, but do we maybe need to look at things a little differently and and give women who are not in a geographical area of a chapter an opportunity to be involved. So how do we look at that structurally? Um, and then how do we make sure that we're just effective and aligned? Because as a national organization, I mean, even in Southern California, Huntington Beach is vastly different than LA County. Um, there's so many different nuances to all of our departments, all of our geographical areas. And how do I, we set ourselves up to have some sort of consistency but leave enough room and flexibility so that each chapter can develop their own flavor and give the women in that area what it is that they need. So what the next 15 to 20 years looks like, I can't tell you that, but I can tell you that what we are 
on the cusp of unveiling to everybody is a really good roadmap to be able to get us from year 86 to 100. And as the, the national boards and the chapter boards turn over every year, it's going to give everybody some sort of direction to be able to say, we know in year one, we want to do this. And that's what we're going to ultimately be talking about next is what do years one through three of this look like? Um, none of us could have predicted COVID and we don't want to make this so structured that we can't um, flex when we need to and pivot when we need to, but we want to give ourselves some sort of direction because this organization has so much to offer to everybody at every level. And it's a testament to Dorothy who is a life member, has been retired for 20 plus years and is still involved in this organization. You know, so it's something that needs to be for our entry level part-time person all the way up to the life member who still has a value of being involved and giving back. And that my yeah, friend is raising the bar. Let me ask a question. Um, we used to really concentrate years ago on getting other organizations and other cities to become part of our membership, like not just LA City, which is all we have right now. Uh, we'd like to try to see by getting other locations in the, in the county of Los Angeles or in our jurisdiction. Besides, we used to have, I said, you know, people from hospitals, colleges, the, the people in the field of maybe, uh, we say, uh, orthopedic recreation or whatever, occupational recreation. Um, and teachers, which we have had, we have a, a, a wonderful teacher from Northridge uh, who is still a member, Rita Roy, right? And, uh, but the point is, how do you go to reach out, do you wanna reach out to other locations within your jurisdiction to get people involved and become members? Okay, because now two or three of my friends who don't come, but they should come, who are nearby cities, and uh, you know you can't force people to do things, but um, they they care, and we invite them to different events. But I think that's very really important. I used to be involved with an organization that was director called Recreation and Youth Services Planning Council. That was before I joined Culver City Recreation, and we had people on the board from all the private agencies, including the Ys, the uh, CYO, the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, uh, Boys Club, Girl Scout, many organizations in the county and city who would coordinate and work together on see where we could share facilities, programs, we would have workshops of representatives from all these areas in the city and county who would come up with ideas on how to coordinate recreation and leisure services well, recreation programs within the area and how to make them uh, more profitable and better for children and adults to evolve. Uh, but we kind of had to, dis uh, well, we had to stop the program because we ended up with no more funding, but they were supported by the city, the county, community colleges, and the school district. And I had quite a wonderful job as executive for five years and we had awards programs and we had a professional award named after my father. We had a volunteer award program and that was quite a sensation. And I don't know if some of you ever remember that, but a lot of city people were involved and they would nominate uh, professionals in the, in the field of recreation and volunteers from nearby organizations who deserved an award. So that was quite, I got to give you a whole day's worth of information on that one. <laughs> so anyway, so, and that's, that's an idea, you know, how do you get more agencies and organizations involved to become members if they would be so interested? So on the national level, we have what's called the Purple Ribbon Committee. Um, uh -huh. And that committee is, the intention of that committee is to um, 
drop little nuggets of wisdom about wills everywhere. And once we have interest in, an, in a location, then that committee would go in and start to help develop that chapter. So um, right now, while we're in this strategic planning phase, we are um, we welcome new chapters to or new women to express interest, and we would love to start getting new chapters formed. And I think as this um, strategic blueprint really starts to take shape, and we can start to develop our one to three year action plan, I'm I um, in my heart I feel that in the next five years we're going to have chapters popping up in, in a few different places. And right now we're Southern California heavy. Um, we have three chapters in Southern California. Um, one of those chapters is geographically very, both of the chapters are very geographically large. Um, and then we have Chicago and we have Minnesota. So we've got some representation across the country, but if we are going to be a national organization, I would love to see chapters and members everywhere. Uh, because we're all, we all go through the same things on our day to day. It's the nuance of our agency that kind of provides those learning moments for each of us. So, definitely. Yeah. Well, Dorothy, why don't you go ahead and tell us how, what does it mean to you to raise the bar in the field of parks and recreation? I think it depends on somebody's or person's background, education, environments. Uh, how they perceive the field of recreation, uh, what are their ideas for programs, how do they modernize the programs to meet the trends of the day, okay? Um, and depending where they live and where the chapters are, what are the uh, facilities and areas of, of development they can pursue? In other words, uh, what do they have for money? finances, what do they have for facilities, buildings, activities, fields, equipment. Uh, they have to improve all that. I guess you'd say raise the bar. You have to be able to uh, recruit people who are interested and who care. A lot of times you get professionals that don't care but the, most of them I think do today, otherwise they wouldn't be a recreation professional. And the colleges are very, very influential in providing the majors and programs, which are not as many as they used to be, and getting people involved in the field of recreation and parks. Um, and they also have to be ready to go out and raise money. We could not even just you know be a recreation leader on a playground. You gotta go out and raise money to help you develop your, some of them like LA City used to do your own fundraising for each park at one time. I don't know if you still do so in here or not, but you have to be ready to uh, be, you have to have a positive feeling and be agreeable to go out and do it to help your own cause. But that would help the department raise the bar and be able to acquire funding from your various tax sources and leaders in the community. Um, I can't think of any other. <laughs> Like, That's good. You know. Thanks, Dorothy. So, yeah. Okay. Um, Sonia. Yeah. What does it mean to you to raise the bar in the field of parks and recreation? For me, raising the bar, I feel is, I feel like we need to be more transparent and equitable. And I think in lots of areas, like Dorothy was saying, and how we hire and um, how we promote people, um, being supportive for women. If we're gonna, you know, if we're talking about wills and. Um, being able to support women in our department. I think when um, Ashley was talking about pivoting, COVID really taught us a lot. And I think 
for us in the city of LA, we've had to pivot so much and our department had to open up shelters. We had to um, man, what are they called? Uh, vaccine sites, um, all kinds of things we never thought we'd have to do. It was just uh, really crazy. So I think pivot was like the word of 2020 for us. I mean, okay, we're doing what? You know, and this is all new to us. So I think like, like Dorothy said, we have to look at what issues are up, what trends are happening, go with the times. Right now, at least with the city of LA, we have a lot of um, new management. We had a lot of people retire recently. They did an early retirement incentive. So we lost, I think over 160 people. So all of our top management is new. Um, a lot of innovative thinkers, a lot of, um, you know, we're gonna start doing a lot more technology, a lot. It's gonna be really good. So I, I feel like the next, you know, 10 years is looking really good for us. And I'm excited to be part of that and to see what it's gonna look like. But I think we just need to raise the bar in that way. And I think we need to make it fun. And um, for me, now that I'm, I guess, in management, executive management, I feel like it doesn't have to be intimidating or um, I, I think it has to be fun. We, you know, we're in recreation, like what better profession to encourage uh, healthy living and a fun lifestyle and, and be able to recreate with one another. So that's what I think. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Ashley, why don't you go ahead and um, end us off? Send All us right. off. So I actually, before I left work today, went around to my office and asked all of them um, this question just on the spot because I needed a little bit of inspiration. I kind of knew what I wanted to say. Um, but ultimately the essence of, of what almost all of them said was to have high standards, to raise the bar, to think creatively, um, to make people's experiences better. And um, another one, I know diversity, equity, and inclusion is a huge topic right now. And making sure that, you know, if we do the same thing over and over again, that means we're probably serving the same people over and over again. So what COVID taught us is we do need to pivot. We do need to do different things differently. And that notion of we've always done it this way was basically erased this year. And if we're going to attract people who are not typically involved in our, our um, programs and services, we need to take a look at ourselves inwardly and go, why is that? who aren't we attracting? Why aren't we attracting them? And let's go ask them what they want and need. And so I think um, to raise the bar, I would love to see this profession not lose the tenacity that we've all developed over the last year of COVID. Um, don't ever forget, or don't, uh, blah, blah, blah. Don't forget to try something new. <laughs> and don't be afraid to fail. Because I think if anything over the last year, we literally as recreators are so used to having we know in nine months what we're going to do because that's typically how far our life cycle of programming is. We mm -hmm. had to change by the seat of our pants this year. Mm -hmm. And it, we had to hope that things worked out. And I feel like failure was acceptable and failure should always be acceptable. So mm -hmm. in order to raise the bar, you have to fail because you need to learn how to do things better and differently the next time around. And so um, just continue to be progressive, be innovative, try something new, say yes when you wanna say no. All those things level you up, but I think most importantly, all of the things that my team talked about today was about doing something for the community. But in order to level up for the community, you have to level up for yourself and put yourself first sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think we are so good at taking care of other people. Sometimes there are women in wills who have reminded me, take care of yourself, celebrate yourself. You are working hard as well. And if we can't level up for ourselves, we can't level up for each other. Yes, I love that. Well said, love it, yeah. Yes, 
Well, thank you ladies so much for joining me today and getting together after work. Um, I will talk to you ladies later. All right. Thank you. Thank you.